Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames, and I got some news in entertainment, sports, and video games coming at you for today, including Kirk Douglas not leaving his son any of his 61 million inheritance. I'll let you know why. Plus, I had the opportunity to interview the lead singer of the band, the FMs, so you guys will be hearing that along with their song, Implosion, and in sports today was a very somber day for los angelinos as we took today as the day to honor kobe bryant and gianna bryant and the rest of the victims that passed away in that faithful uh, helicopter accident that happened last month um we they honored them it was a very 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 emotional tribute including a a speech uh, practically a eulogy from Vanessa Bryant so we'll talk a little bit about that plus in video game news some pretty awesome features for the new Xbox Xbox Series X and also how Cyberpunk 2077 is totally supporting it but first before we get into that here is chef sean's no name featuring saya on the xander effect She let me hit and I ain't know her name. I hit and that she gone insane. I split and I went down my lane. I should've never be the same. She said she love me, now it's looking like I'm powder. Used to say she quite impressed. I guess that's just how she was brought up. And she like Prada, she like Gucci, she like Jim. She run my bag, she poppin' tags, she hit my stash until it's empty. Now we pull up trippin' while she trippin', talkin' about some hoes. I ain't got to mention, but I got the shit she needs to ease the love, girls, girls. Girls, girls, the ones with big butts, big hair, and big curls. The type to throw it back and love to smash girls. The type that likes sex with me with two girls, but I still slang B. Like I still go, it is still one thing that I don't know what her name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Name is, I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Ain't nobody else's business, that's the reason you don't know my name I don't even come around your block, I don't hang around no ops That's the reason they don't know my name Should I reintroduce myself? No cap, not trying to juice myself Run around streets with you, not trying to lose myself Run around streets with heat, not trying to shoot myself Run around strap with poles, not trying to hurt nobody Pull up real smooth with dope, just trying to work the party Find a real chick, she cool, she turn up to the car Find a real chick, she smooth, ain't trying to hurt nobody She a real chick, she cool, she turn up to the car Find a real chick, she smooth, ain't trying to hurt nobody She a real chick, 
ones with big butts, big hair, and big girls. Type to throw it back and love to smash girls. Type that like sex with me with two girls. But I still slang B. Like I sell dope, but it's still one thing that I don't know what her name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Ain't nobody else's business That's the reason you don't know my name I don't even come around your block I don't hang around no ops That's the reason they don't know my name Why you should keep it low I ain't with the drama I don't want no problems And I know you got them Why you should keep it low, low, low I'm just trying to fuck Tell me that's enough I don't need no love But I still slang D. Like I sell dope. It is still one thing that I don't know what her name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Name is. I'm still trying to figure what her name is. Name is. Trying to tell all your business. Ain't nobody else's business. That's the reason you don't know my name. I don't even come around your block. I don't hang around no ops. That's the reason they don't know my name. Where she keep it low? Oh yeah, that's the song right there to get this show started. That was Chef Sean's No Name right here on the Xander Effect. Top entertainment news of today, Harvey Weinstein, former Hollywood mogul, found guilty of rape in a sexual assault trial. The former Hollywood mogul has uh, was actually he was actually acquitted of two of the more serious charges but he was found guilty on the others in which case uh, he will be facing he will be facing um he will be facing uh, uh, sentencing on March 11th, which who knows exactly what's, what the sentence will be. But uh, had he not been actually acquitted of the other more serious charges, he would have faced life in prison. That's pretty much a mandatory sentence uh, for anybody that did the other crimes that he committed. But uh, he's, he found, was acquitted of those. However, he plans on he was actually he during the trial, he was actually shocked that he was found guilty but come on man like you have so many women coming forward and saying that you raped them it's gonna be kind of hard to like <laughs> dude you're not you're not an act you're not an actor you're a producer so stop acting you know i mean the, there was proof there was evidence so he's trying he says he's gonna try to appeal the 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 sentence but uh, who knows how that's gonna go for him because he's still actually facing four more charges in los angeles so it's not over for Harvey Weinstein, not by a long shot. There's still, there's still, there's still much more to be had in this, in in his, uh, in his, uh, in his cases, and uh, many Hollywood, many many people in Hollywood, very, you know, they were very overjoyed with that. Alyssa Milano tweeted: "The jury convicted Weinstein of one count of rape and one count of committing a criminal sexual act. He was acquitted on the charges of predatory sexual assault, which." Each carried a potential life sentence. Janice Dickerson tweeted, Harvey Weinstein found guilty at rape trial. Amber Tamblin, verdict in Weinstein case, count one not guilty, count two guilty, count three not guilty, count four not guilty, count five guilty. 
Ashley Judd tweeted, for the women who testified in this case and walked through traumatic hell, you did a public service to girls and women everywhere. Thank you. Hashtag convict Weinstein. Hashtag guilty. Mira Sorvino tweeted, the beginning of hashtag justice. More to come, my sisters. Hashtag Weinstein guilty. Rose McCowan, who was actually she was the she was the like a uh, uh, main advocate for the Me Too movement, tweeted, "I am proud of the brave women who testified. They have taken out a monster on Earth. Thank you to the prosecutor and jury who said not one more. Thank you to the public for examining things more deeply. I can finally exhale." So, and, the, and like that, there were many, many more tweets from many other uh, many other people, many other actresses that were that were over joyed with the with the jury's conviction with the verdict so Harvey Weinstein you still have much much more to uh, answer to and you know it's not over yet for you in other entertainment news Kirk Douglas decided to donate his entire uh, his entire his entire 61 millions to charity mainly he he went ahead and donated like his beneficiaries included st lawrence university westwood sinai temple culver city's kirk douglas theater and children's hospital los angeles according to many outlets now i can understand why i think i could understand why he did it i mean come on michael douglas is uh he's a he's he's already a big a-list actor in his own right you know, he, yes, granted, his father's Kirk Douglas, another amazing actor, but Michael went ahead and he made it on his own. He has his own money. Another another 61 million or half that if he would have split it with his brother, another 30 million wouldn't have really made much of a difference for him. I mean, the guy's already got money, so, and he's not, it doesn't strike me as a greedy type. I'm sure he was okay with his father's, de- with his father's decision. However, I don't know about his brother. I mean, I don't know why his brother didn't get an inheritance. That's kind of a mystery right there that who knows maybe in the coming weeks it'll come to light but for right now it seems that kirk douglas's millions are going straight to charity in other entertainment news john tesh and mary hart reunite to host entertainment tonight again which is really really cool because they it's they've they were they were doing it since they were doing it for 10 years 1986 to 1996 and they were everybody knew who john tesh and 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 mary hart were like they already knew as soon as they heard that song go on the entertainment song theme or whatever everybody knew that they were going to be watching john tesh and mary hart so that's going to be a really cool reunion uh entertainment tonight posted uh, or actually tweeted it's a blast from the past on a very special episode of entertainment tonight we've got a lot of catching up to do so join us tuesday for the most epic reunion only on et so that's definitely going to be a very an awesome reunion to check out and uh, i might actually check it out myself because that'll bring back a lot of memories for me in other entertainment news i had the opportunity today to uh interview up and coming uh, the up and coming band the fms and uh they have a very interesting and unique style all their own plus they also talked to me about handing out condoms at their at their shows what um what type of uh, message they are trying to give to the public and they also had a very special announcement 
So on the Xander effect today, I have the FMs, which is uh, femmes, female to males, F me, stillies, rock band, goth type of rock band. And man, uh, you you all sound amazing. Let me tell you, I, I heard one of your songs and I was like, wow, I was taken back to the 80s punk rock type of style of music, like, you know, uh, Sister Sledge and Twisted Sister and, you know, like <laughs> all those uh, 80s rock punk type of bands. How, like, how you, how you guys doing today? Uh, great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Awesome, and the the band is composed <laughs> by uh, Matt Namer, which is the 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 lead singer, Francis Rex, Michael Butterfly, and Lucas Leto. I gotta ask, how did how did all of you get together? How did the FMs come to be? Uh, it's it's like different ways, but what's kind of funny is that uh, Frankie Rex and I um, have known each other for a very long time, and actually we were in each other's first band in high school together. Um, like back when we were 15, we, we started a band called the Violent Orange where they were uh, playing drums and I was playing bass and singing again. And um, we kind of lost touch for a bunch of years and then just kind of got back together a few years ago. And I think it's just funny how sometimes, you know, people will leave your life and then you kind of both end up on a journey that leads you back to each other. And for us, um, at the time, we both thought it would be cool to start a band where we were both the lead singers. Uh, I've always felt like for my entire life that Frankie was this incredible singer-songwriter. And, um, and basically, you know, it would be interesting because Frankie is somebody... Um, who's always been gender fluid and I've always been somebody that's been gender fluid mm -hmm. and you know they were assigned female at birth I was assigned male at birth um, but we kind of are coming towards each other in a sense like in the gender fluidity spectrum and we thought that would be really interesting to kind of have a band that had two lead singers that were sort of crisscrossing this gender spectrum together. Um, and so, you know, that's where our name comes from, which you were talking about, right. When you introduced us in the program mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, and that, that's basically the concept for the band. Uh, the other two came a little bit later. We, Lucas actually, uh, I kind of struck gold with him because he was just living across the hall from me nice. <laughs> at the time. It was just that, an incredible drummer. That's, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's this, you know, like Berkeley trained mus musician. He can pretty much, um, play like when we go into the studio or something and we're like, well, this is, this is exactly, you know, what we're thinking in terms of the beat and like, can you like add the hi-hat on like every other thing? I mean, he'll just go in and play the whole thing, uh, perfectly, you know? So, uh, and then Michael, we sort of met through like three degrees of separation on Facebook. So, you know, it's kind of a big, big jangled way that, that you, uh, that we came together and it's kind of an interesting thing. Cause you know, how do, how do bands really get together now? Of course. There's all sorts of different ways with the internet and even, 
back like 10, 15 years ago, I feel like everyone was using like Craigslist and people aren't really using Craigslist <laughs> as much anymore. Yeah, they so. don't want to don't, don't end up dead or something in a ditch somewhere. So I think that's the reason why they stopped using Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. <Well. laughs> At least in my opinion. But it's interesting yeah, that yeah. it's interesting the, the style because you mentioned how you crisscross uh, genders and everything. Is, are you doing that to actually prove a point or is it just something that you just were like, you know what, this is what we feel comfortable in doing and it's just something that we like we want to be unique we want to be us I think that like what's kind of funny is that it's it's sort of both those things right like we we are just being who we are and I guess in a sense that is making a point right mm-hmm. yeah very <laughs> so, true um so yeah I mean I I often like cite the example of um you know, we did this music video for our single implosion model that came out uh, a couple years ago. And we did a video that's, I think, like almost up to a million views or something now. Wow. And uh, we people like kept and, and the song was basically about uh, the creation um, of the atomic bomb in the 40s and sort of the ramifications for society afterwards, you know, knowing that now our leaders have this instant annihilation button that they can push at any time and sort of what Mm -hmm. that does to the psyche of humanity and kind of exploring all these things. And uh, in the video, you know, we're just sort of um, dressed in like gender fluid ways, which is just sort of what comes naturally to us. And everyone kept saying, well, I don't really understand like how these things go together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why are you dressing in these like androgynous gender fluid outfits and talking about, you know, the history and creation and ramifications of the atomic bomb, you know, like you should be wearing suits or something if you're going to address a matter so serious. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think just like, it, it kind of goes back to what you were just asking, right? Like, it's just, that's actually just how we dress and that's just how we present you don't Um, conform to normalities or what's considered normal i guess in society yeah and and really like who 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 exactly like made up the rule that you're supposed to correct at all times when you're talking about serious things like some european guy like a few hundred years ago (laughs) and we're supposed to (laughs) adhere to that now like yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it, so. it's just, it's just, I guess, um, somebody came up with it and they just went with it and they were like, Oh, looks good. <laughs> you know, or I don't know. It's, 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 that's actually a very good question because to be honest with you, it's funny. You go to a meeting and everybody expects you to be wearing a suit to this meeting because it's an important meeting or it has something to do with your career or an interview for that matter. And so, I mean, it's, Somebody told me a long time ago, because um, I used to, I used to, <laughs> a funny thing, I used to actually do real estate. And one of my, one of my, uh, I guess, mentors said, when you go to a meeting, go dressed according to the person that you're going to meet. So if the person is, so for example, if you're going to go meet uh, a cowboy that's, you know, wanting to sell his farm or something like that, you're not going to go in a suit and tie. You know, it doesn't make any sense for you to go in a suit and tie. You go dressed according to the person you're going to meet every single time. So, I, I, I mean, and that makes sense. And that makes sense. If you go to a board meeting, 
you go dressed according to what the board meeting, you know, what they're, what they're dressed as. So, I mean, I, and t- to my, like when he said it, I'm like, you know what, that actually does make a lot of sense. So, I mean, obviously <laughs> I'm not going to go in like, I'm not going to go in a suit and tie to go talk to a farmer about selling his land. Cause then he's going to look at me and say, you're the man, aren't you? <laughs> like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't seem right, I guess. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying, what, what you're trying to, uh, what you're trying to, to, uh, to show society. It's like, you know what, I'm not, we're not going to conform to what you think is right and who invented what is right and what is wrong anyway. Yeah, I think that it's it's sort of just important to I think I just I try to live my life this way in general, just to question like everything. And there's just so many aspects of life that are just totally arbitrary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people just forget to question everything and then they just, you know, they accept stuff like that, right? Where it's just like it's accepted wisdom that you're supposed to just kind of like wear a suit uh to things or, you know, and that's kind of an extreme example, right? Like no one's really expecting us to wear a suit in the music video. But <laughs> at the same time, Correct. you know, like like wearing gender nonconforming clothing is still like it's becoming more mainstream, but it's like still considered this kind of like radical act in itself. Um, and I think just like being an artist in general um, is kind of about living your own truth fearlessly, you know, True. and that's mm-hmm. that that is like basically what people uh, will respond to and react to most as an artist, right? Like you can't really connect with people uh through music in a dishonest way i think that they can see right through you just yeah they they, they'll see right through you you know um so i you know we're just uh we're we're like a a very strange group in a sense you know like we're like we 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 have a lot of different concepts like a, a lot of different musical influences you know i don't think like you were trying to sort of like say a bit of like an 80s punk thing and we definitely have some elements of that and i think that um it's kind of it's funny because it like it's a good thing that we're sort of hard to pin down like musically like no one can quite explain like what this is supposed to be labeled as mm-hmm. um but obviously and that's what that, you like, want also it is kind of what you want and it also creates its own challenges right because like Correct. i'm like coming on the show and you're like so what do you sound like and i'm like uh well it's this and that i, I usually have like a very different answer every time i you know <laughs> what i, I if, <laughs> if i were you i would go ahead and be like well listen and then you be the judge of what we sound like yeah yeah that's <laughs> totally totally but you know like sometimes you're still forced to like talk about it right true yes coming on this program <laughs> true very you know, true i'm not just gonna stand here and be like well you know <laughs> I got nothing to say. Just go listen to my music. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, and and I appreciate that very much. Thank you, because otherwise <laughs> this would be a totally different interview. Right, um, right, right. So I, I'm I'm wondering about this thing because I'm looking at your website and and on your website uh, on the about the band portion of the website it says uh, the FM's weirdo live shows incorporate gender bending interpretive dance with powerful electric insanity, evoking a contemporary nihilist take on 1970s. 70s glam antics can you can you like tell me a little bit more about that because that that's actually that's a very intelligent uh description (laughs) but why is there any way you can simplify that (laughs) 
it's 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 uh it's just really it's funny and kind of great to hear you read it aloud um <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why i love doing it what can i say <laughs> definitely um so you want me to explain that further okay um <laughs> well i guess that you know we don't really hold anything back mm -hmm. in the live performance or at least we try not to um so let's go with the 1970s glam antics what what exactly why, why that particular era <laughs> this is a funny thing too right because uh it kind of goes back to what i was talking about a little bit before i don't think that musically we actually sound very glam mm -hmm. uh but I think that people will often kind of use that term to describe us because um, we like to dress in non-gender non-conforming clothing and sort of like it reminds people of like David Bowie or something, right? Who was mm -hmm. this like major figure in the 70s who was uh, really a pioneer in a lot of ways in terms of like doing the gender non-conforming thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it's kind of like where we're using that that term, but uh, just to, I guess, further explain what happens like at our live shows, I guess, um, you know, we try to have a lot of fun with it. I think that um, when you are, uh, what's interesting about the, the, the medium of, of like music and especially, I guess, pop music, which we're sort of like in the, um, maybe still in the category of, but like in the very like weird, weird, weird corner of like the pop music, like continuum, <laughs> um, <laughs> is that you, you know, it's not just about like the, the auditory sense, right? Like there's, mm -hmm. there's different, um, things that you're putting, like, you know, you're putting on an actual show. So I think that, um, you know, we like to involve things like, I, I really, I really like to, um, just in general, uh, I think that like modern art is kind of becoming more interactive. So, um, you know, sort of breaking down that fourth wall, right? Like involving the audience, like in your actual show, mm -hmm. I think is a really important thing for people to have a good time and feel like they got their money's worth. So, um, you know, one thing that we started doing recently is we have a song called Hit Yourself, where I'll uh, invite the... <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell me you invite them to actually hit themselves, do you? That's ridiculous. Well, I, I invite them to hit me, actually. Oh, wow. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's, very, that's very unique, actually. Like, no, I've, I've been to a lot of shows, and I've never, I've never once seen uh, the, the artists themselves ask, hey, come over here and hit me. <laughs> you know, like, that's well, very interesting. Somehow I'm still standing, but um, <laughs> you could take a punch. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like when you're in that moment uh, and you're performing, you just have so much adrenaline, like performing that mm -hmm. I just don't really feel it. Uh, and usually like after the show, I'm like, oh, man, like I got like a weird bruise in that one spot. <laughs> but at the time, I have no idea what's happening. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, come come to an FM show, like you said, you've never seen that before. So you get to get to experience that and get to give me a nice thwack. I usually tell people like not to hit me in the face. Yeah, it seems seems like a seems like a prudent measure. 
Yeah, I would um, think so. I would. I would actually. I would actually think that that would be very prudent of you. But besides, uh, on top of that, you also uh, like uh, the, the FMs also hand uh, gift everyone condoms because you guys want society to stop overpopulating the planet. Seems reasonable, right? I mean, well, yeah, and that's why. I mean, and it's and it's true. I mean, the planet, the planet is taking too much, but I mean, it's you're you're providing a public service to uh, to society because it all like from what I understand as well, you're also trying to <laughs> the FMs are trying to save the world without being dicks about it. Is from what I read as well, <laughs> which is really cool. But I mean, this the world has a lot of issues. I mean, trying to save it that's that's a that's a pretty big undertaking that you all are trying to trying to put on your shoulders <laughs> uh well i guess you know that we don't expect to do it entirely on our own <laughs> <laughs> but with one condom at a time <laughs> that's all it takes at this point <laughs> yeah but that's but that's really cool though i mean are you guys are, are are all of you involved in uh in 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 any type of charity work regarding actually you know helping the world helping the planet especially right now there's a lot of things going on there's a lot of uh there's a lot of hunger famine uh Obviously, we all know Jeff Bezos went ahead and invested ten billion dollars to for global warming to actually address the issue of global warming. I mean, definitely, are the FMs doing their part as well? Besides, obviously, gifting people condoms to stop overpopulating the planet because that is that is actually, in fact, a, another issue that that many people have shared. Uh, through social media realms, but I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other issues involved. What what else is are the FMs involved in as far as trying to help society, help the planet survive what we're doing to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I I personally uh, work with a lot of NGOs. That's just been like a personal passion of mine for for uh, my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been really involved in like I guess the issues that I kind of tend to focus on. Um, I'm, I'm really passionate about criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that America, you know, and we could, we could literally spend hours talking about <laughs> all this stuff, <laughs> but, but uh, America is, you know, not only the highest, has only the highest prison population in the entire world, but also unbelievably so out of like 230 mm-hmm. countries has the highest per capita mm-hmm. prison rate. Very true. The entire world, which is unfreaking believable. Yeah, very you know, true. I think like the the this the country like after the United States is like the Maldives or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a tiny island dictatorship in like the middle of the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, very true. So so that that's something that I've been passionate about for a really long time. Um, I also helped start an organization in. Um, in Myanmar that I'm really uh, proud of mm-hmm. that uh, provides education to child laborers mm-hmm. uh, in Myanmar called the My Me Project. Nice. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Diana Adams, um, has started a new nonprofit recently called the Chosen Family Law Center that I'm a supporter of as well. Um, and they provide legal services to people who can't necessarily afford it. Um, for things like uh, transgender name changes and um, 
helping people with uh, with family situations uh, when they can't afford it, like alternative family situations. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of that stuff, and and even just kind of going back to the to the condom thing. I mean, it's kind of like a bit of a joke, and it's something that um, we've been doing for a while. But it's also kind of not a joke because you know, I was like reading a book recently um, by this author Paul Hawken, and it talks about the hundred. Um, it's called Drawdown, actually, and talks about the hundred most uh, biggest things that we can do as humanity right now to address global climate change. And one of the top things, I think it was maybe like number five or six, was um, was women's uh, education and women's health. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, this is this is like a really big issue. Um, you know, there is kind of a, and it's, I suppose, maybe more of a uh, issue, I guess, if you want to call it, and it's a bit of a, like, controversial way of, like, talking about some of these things, right? Because, but there, you know, in a lot of parts of the um, less developed world, um, there's, like, extremely high birth rates, and usually what ends up bringing down those birth rates is women's health and education, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and yeah, that is a thing that is contributing to like global climate change right now is is these kind of um, skyrocketing birthplaces in in places where uh, women have less rights and access to health services. So I mean, I mean, in China, you know, like, provi- China, providing condoms to people is actually a, it's a really you, helpful thing, you know. And, and you know what? I mean, it's it's crazy because China is actually the most populated country in the world, and they they're way overpopulated to the point that they actually a long time ago the Chinese uh, government decided to actually invoke a law that Chinese families are not allowed to have more than two children. That's they can't they cannot to to you know for population control because it's just too much. It, the country is just way overpopulated. So they actually are are enforcing these laws where you could I mean you know China China is a communist country anyway, so they're going to enforce everything, and they're saying you cannot have more than two children per household. That's it, you you know, and and, and in a sure. sense, in a sense, I mean, you know, that's. It's it's tough to go. It's really I I would imagine it's tough to go ahead and monitor something like that, um, but sure. it's it's crazy how how this world is just getting is it's just it's just becoming it's too much. Where we're taking over resources, we are destroying it little by little. And yeah, man, it's, 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 I, I I understand where you guys are coming from with this. And again, like you said, it's a joke, but it's not a joke at the same time. And uh, I, you know, I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I mean, you also prevent not just, not just pregnancies, but you also prevent any type of diseases and stuff like that. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of irresponsibility out there. Yeah, definitely. I think one, one uh, thing that I would just say more about the climate change issue that, that I, I feel relatively strongly about is that, I think uh, there's a kind of a view amongst a lot of people right now that we're just like completely screwed mm-hmm. and there's like no way to solve this problem at all. And what's sort of interesting is that actually we can solve it and mm-hmm. it doesn't require like an absurd amount of uh, economic restructuring or investment. It's just like, there's just such a complete um, like apathy on the mm-hmm. part of like politicians and, and, and corporations right now um, that even just like a mild 
adjustment in terms of the way like where we're investing our money right now um, is like just not happening, you know, but basically like, I think that, you know, if we, if we put the, um, you know, money behind like renewable energy right now, and we put the money behind like women's education and we just, they're like, the, it, it actually is a thing that we still have an opportunity to solve. And I think like people just, you know, I know we're here like supposed to talk about my music and I'm not like an expert or anything on, on like climate change, but I just feel like if there's anyone listening out there, that it's just an important thing to get across that, you know, this actually is an issue that we can solve, um, right, right still. Um, and I think that it kind of, it kind of plays into, I think part of why I, you know, just, we were sort of talking about this a little bit more about how music kind of crosses mediums. And it was something I think that really drew me to music, uh, even from like a very early age was that it's this medium where you can kind of communicate, um, a message. You can sort of use, uh, that pulpit in a sense to actually, um, say something you know that maybe yeah exactly something use it as a use use music as a platform i was actually going to say that uh that 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 your band the fms you guys use your music as a platform to get a message across to society i mean uh it's good music and everybody loves it but at the same time like any song like any song there's always a meaning behind the songs just like your last the the last song that you that, that uh that you had had that you know that the music video about you know the government's having a, a button to push and boom we could all be dead tomorrow you know with a with a push of a button and those are messages that you're trying to that, that the fms are trying to put across to the rest of 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 your of your fans the public society in general yeah yeah I mean, no absolutely that's 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 uh that's basically yeah that's it i mean and i think that you know I'll also say that it's not like a hard and fast rule for us, right? It's not like we're like, all right, you know, every song that we write, it's got to be about a message, you know? And that's what I was going to ask um, is that if every song, <laughs> that was going to be my follow-up <laughs> question, is that I was going to ask, are, are all your songs like this? Are all your songs, you know... Uh, They're not all political. Politically driven. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and I think that... Um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before is like a belief of mine that I think that um, you really, at least we try to just be as authentic as we can be. Of course. And, um, you know, to only like write songs about politics, I think would just sort of like not exactly be our truth. Right. Correct. Like, like I've written songs about depression I've written songs about, um, not a lot of songs, but some songs about like love. <laughs> um, well, it's like you write, uh, you songs, know, you write like, songs about your personal experiences and that's, right. and you're thinking your thoughts about not just political stuff, but your thoughts about love, like you said, depression. You're, you're basically, the band is is here to go ahead and entertain while still telling a story. Now, what story? Yeah, like this is it could be any this story. This is what it's like to uh, to live as a young person in 2020. You know, correct, correct. In this world, like you know, and, and part of our truth is also like all this 
stuff going on with our politics right now and the the nation sort of like splitting into these two factions and mm-hmm. you know the sort of rise of fascistic tendencies in America right now and all this stuff you know it's all kind of like part of um uh, part of our experience it's funny because it's almost like we're reverting back to the 80s <laughs> <laughs> a lot of what you're describing happened in the 80s like late 70s early 80s as well so that's why you know sure like with reagan and all that stuff yeah. exactly so it's almost like it's going back and we're going like backwards instead of going forwards we're going backwards in a sense to that era to that mindset which you know bands like yours came up and had a message like this you know again it was political but at the same time it was storytelling to a lot of what was going on around each individual at the time each band at the time so that's what's really cool is that that's why i'm saying that when i hear your music it just reminds me of that era because i'm an 80s baby so it it reminds me of that era which is really cool because i love that music you know i love that music the 80s was like a very conservative time right so you had like you know reagan and you had uh Wall Street, you know, tycoons getting rich and and sort of just say no and like this very kind of conservative thing like happening in the mainstream and even like the mainstream music, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell it's like it's just sort of pretty dull. But what's sort of interesting, I think, is that the most interesting art uh, always comes out of these periods and it's always just a super strong reaction to the conservatism of that, of that era. Right. It's inspiration. Even even these, you know, all these like uh, punk bands and stuff that were happening in the iron curtain, like in the eighties. I mean, those people were really reacting against a very conservative system, a very oppressive system. And, you know, they were putting out some of the most interesting, like radical subversive art out there, you know? And so, I just think there's something interesting about that, right? Like the the more um, <clears throat> the more conservatism ekes its way into the mainstream, like during certain periods of time, is when you get the strongest radical backlash. You know, the the most interesting subversive art coming out. I, I think that I kind of hope and see like what we're doing as part of that right now in this moment. Well, every generation, every generation has to experience it at some point. I mean, you can't just like every generation can't just be thinking that, you know, the world is filled with gumdrops and rainbows all the time. I mean, they have to experience (laughs) a little bit of rebellion from time to time, in in my opinion, in order for them to understand or to appreciate certain things about the world and about life itself. So what you're doing, what the FMs are doing is you're bringing back a sense of of, okay, you know, the 80s babies experienced it. We didn't because we're not a part of that era. So, and, but what's, what's funny is that what happened then is happening now. So let's revisit what they experienced back then and be able to, you know, to showcase this to the rest of the public. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, I think that like, um, I don't necessarily want to like give people the impression that our music is like super eighties. It definitely does have a lot of eighties influences. And I, I really like, uh, well, you, what you're doing is what you're doing. You're doing, you're doing what you're doing is that you're remaking it your own style. That's what, that's, that's what pretty much I'm seeing that you're doing it is that you're remaking it into your own style and creating a new unique style 
aside, like inspired by, or, or yeah, inspired by music from that era. Yeah. And, and also like music from the nineties as well and music from the seventies as well. And, uh, and, and modern music also. So I think it's like kind of, you know, music sort of, the evolution of music is kind of an interesting thing in itself because I kind of have this belief that after the millennium struck Mm -hmm. that the evolution of music did a really weird thing. It sort of stopped uh, evolving in this way where you could really pinpoint when exactly it was made. You know, I think if you ask me, if you play it was like made between the 1950s and the year 2000, mm-hmm. I could probably tell you when it was made, like to within a couple of years, you know, if it was like 67 or 78 or 89, like you can actually kind of tell, you know, you're a musical. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, not just me, but like, if you kind of know a lot about the history of like rock and pop music, you can kind of, and, and about the history of, uh, of uh, re- recording too, you know, is, is the other big one that can really give you a lot of these, these sort of like um, things you can tell about with music. But after 2000, like I couldn't tell you if a song was made in 2003 or 2017, of course, you know, yeah, because they've like all... It's, they've it's all, impossible. <laughs> yeah, they've all, they've all kind of like, they've all kind of messed and merged together somehow. So yeah. it's, like, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't, that sounds just like, okay, never mind. Yeah, so no, right. I get and that. I think the reason actually is because of the, the way the music technology evolved, because mm-hmm. for like the entire history of music, like from the dawn of like humankind to the year 2000, basically, <laughs> um, the way that music changed the catalyst for it was always music technology, right? Like in the, during the classical era of classical music, you know, you, they they invented the piano and then the way music, like it it totally changed because now people are not composing things on a harpsichord where they have no dynamic range. They're composing things on a piano and all of a sudden the music went from kind of sounding like to like Beethoven stuff where it's like, you know, and it's like, it has all this dynamic range now. And that was just because of the invention of the piano. Right. And so like, basically you can kind of look at the evolution of music from that point, even up to like the year 2000 and say like, Oh yeah. And you know, and then they invented like digital recording technology and then they did this and then they did that. And it totally changes the way the music sounds. But then, like, after the year 2000, I mean, there's definitely been, like, some, like, music technology, like, obviously has been created in the past, like, 20 years. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of, like, hasn't been enough to really, like, move the dial in the way things are created. Like, it's almost like, I I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, like, how to explain it. But um, it's just sort of an interesting thing about music. So... I often don't really worry about like whether our sound is like cutting edge or anything or like modern because I just don't really believe in that anymore. I don't really think there is a such thing as like a contemporary sound for music. Um, Just kind of listen to a bunch of stuff from every era and then incorporate elements of all of it in there. So, and it works. 
Yeah, sometimes people will say, oh, your music sounds like pretty 90s or like that reminds me of the 90s. Or they can't really pinpoint where, what, what exactly, where exactly it comes from, where exactly you can hear from. The sound yeah. of it is actually. No, and that's, and that's something that definitely, you know, that definitely makes you unique and it puts you aside from, from a lot of these cookie cutter bands, which is really cool. So, I mean, like, it's it's something that that people would love to hear i mean i'm one of them i actually list like i said i listen to music and your music sounds really cool it takes me back a little bit but at the same time it's like you know it it sounds from there but it's almost got like a little bit of a borderline sound to 90s music too it's like late 80s borderline 90s you know it's somewhere around there so it, it, you know, I, that's the best way I could actually describe it, per, to be honest with you. Like, thinking back on it, I was like, you know what? That's the best way you could describe it, in my opinion. So, the FM's live performances, obviously, they're really cool. They're really unique. They're very weird, is this from what I read. Where, like, where have you guys, or I should say, where's your, gonna, where's your next performance going to be exactly? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked this actually, because I, I have a uh, exciting announcement to make that I'm going to oh. make on your show. Awesome. And that is, uh, so we're playing a show next Friday in Brooklyn at this place called Gold Sounds. Mm. And we're going to give out, get this, a free avocado to everybody who comes to our show. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. And, you know, because like basically, I love avocados. Yeah, well, you know, they've uh, they've done fake studies that have shown that uh, avocados are the things that hipsters spend the second most amount of money on after <laughs> rent in Brooklyn. Nice, nice. Well, so you know, we're just trying to we're just trying to help people with their avocado addictions, um, and and basically, you know, there's a lot going on in New York City. You know, like we've. Uh, I think we put on a pretty good show and, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff happening with, for us right now in the band. Like we were in a movie recently in Showtime uh, where we're like the featured band at the end of this movie. It's like a, it's called Fluidity. Mm -hmm. And we just sort of had a lot of like cool stuff going on, but you know, sometimes it's hard to get people to come out to the shows with all stuff going on in New York city. So we figured, you know, what is it that hipsters really want? And, you know, <laughs> and draw them in with avocados. <laughs> the idea. Yeah. So I'm announcing really it here cool. first. Awesome. Well, I on March 6th, Friday, March 6th to gold sounds in Bushwick. And, uh, get your avocado and come to see us. Nice. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, if, if I was in New York, I'm in California. That's where I'm uh, broadcasting <laughs> right here in California, in, Los, in so, uh, Southern California. So you know hipsters love avocados over here. That's, that's, oh, yeah. just, that's just a given <laughs> for us. So, so I'm curious as to see when the FMs are going to be out here in California as well. Totally. Well, we have a new album that we're going to be coming out with this year, mm -hmm. um, which I'm really excited about. We've actually been working on it for the past almost three years now. Um, I've kind of been a bit of an insane perfectionist on it. I've never spent more time on any one particular thing in my entire life. Um, it's got 12 songs on it. Um, I think I calculated, I probably spent like, like almost like 2000 hours working on this album mm, <laughs> over the wow. past three years. Wow. <laughs> which is kind of, kind of a ridiculous amount of time when you really yeah. tally it up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I'm really excited, obviously, to to release that. And I think that we're going to hopefully uh, plan a tour for when we, we uh, release that album. And, and uh, hopefully we'll come to California and do a show there. Are you in, you're in the Los Angeles area? Yep, definitely. Nice. I'm, in, I'm in wonderful L.A. So where the weather is. So we're going to have to plan our tour for like uh, maybe next winter or something, probably be the way, way to do it right sounds fantastic i'd love to go ahead and attend and be right there and just interview you guys and you know like interview all of you i mean that that right there because definitely definitely would love to see you guys perform at the whiskey a go-go here in hollywood oh yeah that'd be awesome that's that's definitely or the viper room any of those places i, I could totally see the fms performing at one of those venues most definitely so like i'm looking I'm forward a big doors fan so i would uh Definitely appreciate doing a show at the Whiskey. Oh, yeah, man. I did an interview. <laughs> I did an interview last uh, in, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, it was last month, last uh, January. I did an interview at the Whiskey, at the Whiskey Go-Go, and it was amazing. It was almost like you could feel the energy of all the bands that have come through there. And it's just mm. a, 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 such a surreal feeling to be able to interview a band in the green room where so many bands have been in to prepare for a live performance and have made huge, huge strides in their career. So it was, it was an honor That's to go cool. ahead and, and, and interview uh, the band that I interviewed uh, uh, at the Whiskey Go. It would be an honor to interview you guys live and maybe get an avocado or maybe in a condom, you know, me or, you know, yeah, both. yeah. I mean, <laughs> empty handed. Right? Exactly. You know, maybe you guys could find a way to insert the avocado, the condom in the avocado and somehow, that could be a statement. <laughs> and then we can make a t-shirt that says, uh, I came to this FM show and all I got was this silly condom and avocado. <laughs> that would be awesome. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you guys should already start putting those shirts out like that. Put them on your website. I would totally buy one. I would totally buy one. That's an awesome shirt to have. Well, <laughs> well, Maddie, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate your time, man. And to be honest with you, all of the FM you know you guys are an amazing band i look forward to listening to more of your music and playing the fms on the xander effect that would be an honor to have you know to uh, to have your music on the show heck yeah so totally uh and i definitely look forward to talking to you guys with with the fms again very soon yeah, thanks so much for having us on. This is uh this is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. You too.
That was Implosion Model by the FMs. Thank you again, the FMs, for being on the Xander Effect. You could also, uh, if you guys uh, love that music, you could also catch a lot of their other music. You could follow them on Instagram at the FMs. That's T as in Tom, H as in Harry, E as in Elephant, F as in Francis, M as in Mary, S as in Sam. That's for Instagram. Their Facebook is facebook.com forward slash the FMs music. And of course, they have uh, they have their YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash the FMs music. Uh, they also have their website, thefmsmusic.com. So make sure you check that out uh, so that you don't miss out on their on the news that they have going on. Plus, you don't miss out on any avocados because we all love avocados. So that'll be cool. Thank you again very much. Uh, thank you again, the FMs, for being on the Xander Effect. Looking forward to having you guys on here again in sports. Today, we finally paid our final respects to Kobe Bryant. Uh, 20,000 people, 20,000 plus actually, well, 20,000 people that had tickets attended today's ceremony at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Uh, authorities had told everybody to stay away from downtown uh, in the, to this morning because of the services. So many people attended it. So many people watched it at home. Uh, it was a very, very touching event hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. It was music, musical performances by Beyonce and by Alicia Keys. And uh, many people had a lot of things to say, including one of the greats, Michael Jordan. I'm grateful to be here to honor Gigi and celebrate the gift that Kobe gave us all. What he accomplished 
as the basketball player, as a businessman, and a storyteller, and as a father. In the game of basketball, in life, as a parent, Kobe left nothing in the tank. He left it all on the floor. Along with Michael Jordan, former former teammate and somewhat of a rival, uh, Shaquille O'Neal also shared a, a very lighthearted story about his friend Kobe Bryant. The day Kobe gained my respect was the guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no higher team. Kobe said, I know, but there's an Indy in that motherfucker. So I went back and told Rick and, uh, and Big Shell Bob, I said, just get the rebound. He's not passing. But of course, the most emotional and heartbreaking uh, speech was made by Kobe's wife, Vanessa Bryant, about not only her husband, but how she remembers her daughter, Gigi not be able to see Gigi go to high school with Natalia and ask her how her day went. We didn't get the chance to teach her how to drive a car. I won't be able to tell her how gorgeous she looks on her wedding day. to see my baby girl walk down the aisle, have a father-daughter dance with her daddy, dance on the dance floor with me or have babies of her own. Gianna would have been an amazing mommy. She was very maternal ever since she was really little. Gigi would have most likely become the best player in the WNBA. She would have made a huge difference. So much uh, outpour of emotions from so many friends and family for uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, and the rest of the uh, passengers on that helicopter that crashed on January 26th of this year. Kobe Bryant definitely will be missed. Uh, very sad day for, for everybody, not only just here in Los Angeles, but around the world. Very somber day as we pay our final respects and say goodbye to the legend that is Kobe Bryant. Um, Vanessa Bryant, however, in, in, some, in, in a related story, Vanessa Bryant, the Bryant estate, is actually suing the company that, uh, that, that, that hired the pilot and uh, you know that, that chartered the helicopter. They're suing them for wrongful death, saying that they shouldn't, that the pilot shouldn't have been flying in the conditions that he was flying in, which caused the accident to begin with. So. I mean, it's a very difficult situation. I mean, I, I understand why why Vanessa Bryan is doing it. I mean, she she's looking for some way, someone to. I mean, there it, it, it was an accident, and granted, the pilot shouldn't have been flying, and she's hurt, so she's definitely looking for for some sort of redemption. But the sad part about that situation is that 
even if they win, which I'm assuming they more than likely will, it's not going to bring Kobe Bryant back. It's not going to bring Gigi back. It's not going to bring anybody back, unfortunately. That's the real sad part about about this situation. But um, at least for today, Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, the rest of the passengers, they were all honored in a beautiful ceremony. And uh, it's definitely, definitely a sad day for everybody in the sports world. In other sports news, Kate Mosick banned for six years for anti-doping violations. He basically retires from racing. Uh, the Australian motocross racer Kate Mosick was suspended back in uh, July of 2018 by motorcycle, mo- Motorcycling Australia. Uh, because of anti-doping violations that they that were brought against him, and it has just been announced that he will be banned from the sport for six years, dating back to to when he got suspended the first time, because of nineteen violations that Malsek had that dated back to twenty fourteen. So he's been stripped from the record uh, dating back to 2013 and he basically uh Motorcycle Australia Australia had a statement to say, and it says, Mr. Mosick tested positive to the prohibited substances exogenous, exogenous 19 norandrosterone and 19 noretushalonone, I can't pronounce these things, and deamphetamine. Following a doping control test conducted by the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority on May 27, 2018 at the MX Nationals in Murray Bridge, South Australia, Motorcycling Australia imposed a mandatory provisional suspension on Mr. Mosick on July 10, 2018, and his sanction has been backdated to take account for time he has already served. This means Mr. Mosick is ineligible to participate as an athlete or support person including coaching or officiating until he has completed his six-year sanction. The ban includes using member facilities. In addition to the six-year sanction, all competitive results for for Mr. Mosick from December 9th, 2013 onwards will be removed from records. Mr. Mosick will be eligible to recommence participation in the sport from July 10th, 2024. Mr. Mosick in a statement said, I accept the sanction imposed on me understanding I have made some poor decisions in the past. I want to apologize to my family, friends, competitors, supporters, and my sponsors. Regrettably, I will be moving on from racing professionally and will be making no further comment at on this matter. So Mosik has decided to retire and I mean I can I can understand understandably so. I mean let's face it, you know, at this point it just seems that why continue to you know why continue to be in a sport where you won't be able to go ahead and do any racing or anything for the next six years. By then you'll have been older and it just doesn't make any sense to continue on. It really, really doesn't. So therefore I can I can understand why why Mosik decided to retire and just say, you know what, I screwed up. Uh, it just sucks that his record's been wiped clean. I mean, it's almost like he never he was never even in the sport to begin with. So it's it's a tragedy in motocross in in, in motocross sports and. You know, it, it is what it is. It's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate uh, disappointment in the sport. But 
you know, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. So that's the bottom line. Up next, we have Dirty Machines Discord on the Xander Effect. That was Discord, Dirty Machine on the Xander Effect. In video game news, the Xbox Series X has just went ahead and gave a whole laundry list of awesome things that they will be having, including having a 12 teraflops, which is double the power of Xbox One X, which is amazing. But one of the best uh, concepts. One of the best features that they are they will be delivering uh, to Microsoft Xbox users is the smart delivery 
And that basically is that if you buy a Microsoft game while you have the Xbox One console for the Xbox One, and then of course you know the series the Series X uh, comes to fruition and everything, most players when when the Xbox One came out, they had to rebuy all their games, which is very expensive. I was one of them. I was so super pissed that I had to rebuy all the games that I had bought that year when Xbox One came out. Because games are expensive. They're like around $60, $70 for, uh, for a game. And it was just, I had to rebuy a bunch of my favorite games in order to continue to play them. One of them was Grand Theft Auto V. I had to, I had to go ahead and rebuy it for, so that way it could be compatible with the Xbox One. And there was a couple of other games that weren't, just compatible they weren't uh they weren't backwards compatible so it wasn't until later on that microsoft decided oh let's go ahead and make this my uh backwards compatible which was the biggest load of crap because i had already sold all my games to rebuy them which is really horrible but looks like microsoft has learned from their mistakes and they made the announcement today saying that they were not going they were going to all microsoft uh all microsoft developed video games will not you will not have to rebuy them if you buy them while the xbox for the xbox one console but what they'll do is is that you'll just upgrade it'll just be an upgrade to the new system you won't have to rebuy them which is a great idea Finally, Microsoft got smart and decided to do something awesome for their players and not have them waste money and rebuy them. Trust me when I say I wish they could just, you know, give me like my money back for all the money I wasted in rebuying a bunch of games for the Xbox One. So that's one really cool uh, feature that they that they will be including for the Xbox Series X. And what's really cool is that CDPR Cyberpunk 2077 will be coming out and they made an announcement. Uh, basically coming on board because Microsoft can only speak for Microsoft games. They can't speak for any any of the other game developers like Rockstar or Treyarch or any other game developers. They can't speak for them in saying that they'll follow suit and they'll also say, okay, well, if you buy this game for the one, it'll be an upgrade to uh, the Series X so you don't have to rebuy them. There's been no word except for the developers of Cyberpunk. They actually went on Twitter and they said gamers should never be forced this is at cyberpunk game gamers should never be forced to purchase the same game twice or pay for upgrades owners of hashtag cyberpunk 2077 for Xbox one will receive the Xbox series X upgrade for free when available so man that that makes me want to buy the game even more I mean I've always, I'm already psyched that the Xbox that uh, Cyberpunk is coming out now with that they just they just won a lot of gamers over with that statement and they're that's really cool of them that they will not they they won't they won't do this to us they won't they won't screw us over like this and I'm really happy that uh, that that cyberpunk developers have decided to follow suit and do this for gamers that's it for the Xander effect thank you so much for listening join me next time as I have an awesome interview with Riley Sawyer so make sure you watch out for that one next on the next episode of the Xander effect that is the news in case you haven't heard it have a great day
Nerves like tightrope. No talking, not that of a maestro. More like that lizard from Guy Cohen. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc. BMG and Sony Music The Orchard.